0: is I'm going to continue in a series that we've been talking about for a while now called Running with Giants. And you know the reality is in our lives that all of us want to do great things. How many have great plans for your life? How many have got some goals that you want to do? You know that you want to accomplish something that means something. Well when we want to run with giants there is this thing that we need to understand that there are some characteristics of running with giants. And the first scripture we're going to share today will be found in Jeremiah. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet one more time as we read the Word of God together. And you can open your Bibles into Jeremiah chapter 12. And this has been a scripture that we've shared many times over the last few weeks. And then get ready because we're going to flip over in the New Testament into our core scripture for the day that is in Galatians. But we're going to start in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. If you have run with the footman... And they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? That's an odd passage in some ways, but the reality is that so many of us want to do great things. But the but the Lord is reminding Jeremiah here that listen, if you want to do great things, you got to understand that you're gonna have to be strong enough to do great things. In other words, if you're gonna run with giants, there are gonna be some challenges that you have to face. And you've got to be able to deal with it. You've got to let me build you into that. Which brings us to what I want to talk about today In the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 It says It is for freedom that Christ has set us free Let me read that again It is for freedom that Christ has set us free So stand firm then And do not let yourselves be burdened again By a yoke of slavery freedom. It is for freedom that you have been set free. That's what I want to talk about. Father, today as we enter into your word together, as we spend this time, I pray God that you would work on our hearts. Lord, we know that there's not a perfect person in this room. We have a room full of issues in this house because we're all people. And Lord, we know that your word changes us. So I pray, God, that as we sow the seeds of your word, that we would find fertile soil in each of our hearts, that, God, you would ignite something inside of us, and that, Lord, that every seed that is sown will, will blossom and bear much fruit, that we would have a great harvest in our lives. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to speak your word clearly and effectively, and that every heart would be receptive. Lord, I pray this as always, that when we leave this house today, we would leave changed In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can be seated. Amen. So freedom. You know, one of the things that I think is so important for us all to understand about accomplishing great things is that there are these tasks, these challenges that all of us face all throughout life. And one of the things that I see in people's lives that they don't understand is that There's this this first key thought that I want to give you today is that you can be saved and yet be enslaved. I want you to grab a hold of that right now. You can be saved yet be enslaved. See, this is what they're talking about right here in this book of Galatians, in this verse, that says, it is for freedom you have been set free. It says, so do your best to stand firm that you don't get back into the slavery that kept you bound. Now, I want to make it very clear that what I'm not talking about is I don't believe that the enemy can cross the bloodline. I believe that once you are blood-bought and born again, that the enemy can't cross that line. However, we can make choices that allow our past to sneak back into our lives. And what I want you to understand in this key thought is that it is very real that you can be saved yet enslaved. So today I want you to understand the power of your freedom in Christ. Today, I want you to understand that you can do amazing things, but you're going to have to stand up and face some things. You're going to have to look honestly. You're going to have to get up and look in the mirror and say, you know what? I recognize that some of the things in my lifestyle, some of the things in my actions, some of the things in my thought life, I am allowing these things to come up and they're causing me to not live the full life that God has for me. That's what we want to talk about. Because if you're enslaved by things in your life, and I'll define that here in just a moment, if we're enslaved by those those things, then you're living a limited life. I want you to live the full life that God has for you. I want you to walk in all of that. In other words, it's about strongholds. How many know what a stronghold is? You know what a stronghold? It's really fancy. It took me a lot of years of seminary training to understand this, but a stronghold is something that's got a stronghold on you. In the Greek, it means a stronghold on you. In the Hebrew, it means, no, I'm kidding, but you go through this, and it's very important that we understand that strongholds in our life limit us from being who God's called us to be, of living the full life, of you being the father to your children that you need to be, for you being the mother that you need to be, all of these things, for you being the business owner, for you being the Christian that you've been called to be, we find these limiting things, and they're called strongholds in our lives. And that's what I want to dig into. Because until you learn to confront strongholds and understand how to defeat them and how to recognize them and then what to do with them, then you can never run with the giants like you were created to run. To do the great things that God has called you to do. And I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians because it really defines this in so many ways. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the what? The knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is a really important concept because I want you to realize that your expectation of what God can do in your life is directly connected to your knowledge of what God can do. We just sang a song called The God of the Impossible. But you, God can't do the impossible in your life if you don't have an expectation that matches that impossible. So what I want to challenge you with today is this, is that some of you are struggling with some issues that have haunted you your entire life. You've walked this path your entire life and struggled with temptation and struggled with this, these thoughts and this anger and this resentment and all these things, and you fought it, and you finally got to the place where you say, it's just who I am. I want to tell you that that is a symptom of a stronghold in your life. I want you to understand that I want you to grab a hold of the fact that no matter what situation you're in, God is the God of the impossible, and I want you to believe for the impossible. I want you to expect the impossible, because when we reach in deep and we begin to believe that God can do what he said he can do, then things radically change in our lives. But it starts with us being able to confront strongholds in our life. So I thought what I would do is give you some signs of strongholds. I want to give you some signs of strongholds in your life. And one of those is this, is that it's an issue of your identity. There's an issue of your identity. A lot of times in our life what happens is we're moving through and, and our pain becomes who we are. As a matter of fact, we we identify with it. It becomes who we are. It's like you carry it so long that when you walk into the room that people see this inside of you. They see this. It becomes you. That is a symptom of a stronghold that you've got to deal with, that you've got to take control over and confront in your life. And because of this, because it becomes part of your identity, it leads to this place of hopelessness. You think It's never going to change. I'm always going to be like this. My, my grandfather was like this, my father was like this, now I'm like this. and It's going to go to my kids, and all the, it's going to just pass down through the generations. And then what about this? We become overly defensive. It's like anybody touches a sur- oh none of y'all have ever been overly defensive, right? Nobody, right? No, 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 no. But that's what happens. It's a symptom of a stronghold. It's when somebody steps on it. As preachers, we call it when you get your toes stepped on in church. It's like, oh, he better stop there. You know, or we do this. It's like as soon as the preacher says something, it starts striking home. You start looking around. I wonder who that was for. It couldn't have been for me. You know, we, we go through those places, but I want you to understand we become overly defensive. And what it leads us to is when we're living a limited life, when you know that your life isn't everything that it could be. It's a symptom of a stronghold. And what I want you to understand is that you have the authority and the power to fight that. You have the authority to speak to that, and just like the children of Israel, because we're going to talk about it, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey in Exodus and show you something that I think will help you through this week. Is when we look at this, I want you to understand, let's look at them for a moment. Is they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years. And in 400 years, they had developed a mindset of slavery. This was who they were. Can you imagine? This is how they had to break this. I mean, I know we always think of this as when Moses showed up on the scene that it was this great revival and all this stuff, and there's a lot of truth there. But can you imagine what God was trying to do in his people to get them ready to live full, to get them ready to live free? He had to help them to understand that there was a stronghold of a mentality that they were bound by something that they really weren't bound by because God did not create them to be slaves. God did not create them to be under. He created them to be over. And in the same way, God has created you to be over, not under. But we've got to begin to walk in that. We've got to understand that. We say, God, if I don't confront this mindset, if I don't confront this, God, I can't keep doing it this way. Let's be honest, as a Christian, how many times have we walked through life and you're like going, "Man, I I just don't. God, I want to be a Christian. I I am a Christian. I'm following you, but God, you know, it's like this this stuff that keeps coming through my mind. This struggle that I keep having, it just seems like it's never going to stop. And I know I'm not the only one in the room that's honest enough to say, you know, I've fought those battles." I fought those battles where I felt like, you know, God, you're doing it for everybody else, but I don't see it happening in my life. Or, God, it's been a long time and I'm being faithful to you, but yet I still have these thoughts that run through my mind. And sometimes we think we're the only ones. But the reality is, is if we could sit here and talk openly about some of the thoughts that have gone through your mind even this morning... Ooh, y'all got really quiet. (laughs) I mean, could you imagine how embarrassing that might be? But how it would reveal strongholds in our lives? Because the reality is we're not honest with ourselves. So what I'm asking you to do today is to be honest and look at yourself and say, do I have any symptoms of strongholds in my life? If I'm being honest, if I'm looking at this in in an honest way, if I have those and this is the big question, because we could talk about strongholds all day, and we could define it, we could break it down, we could give you all the different stuff, but if I don't tell you how to get free from it, then it doesn't help. So how do we get free? How do we break free from these things? How do we break free from these issues? How do we break free from what the enemy has come into our life and, and built a stronghold? And I want to I give you a, one caveat upon this is this. is A stronghold doesn't start overnight. You don't go to sleep in the night and wake up in the morning with a stronghold. You don't go to sleep one night and wake up addicted to pornography. You don't go to sleep one night and wake up an alcoholic. Right? No, it's a foothold. And the Bible tells us, do not give the enemy a foothold. That's what this scripture means here. It's when those thoughts come into your mind, you've got to take them captive. And the faster you take them captive and bring them into subjection of the name of Jesus and the power of God, then the faster you'll be moving forward without that foothold. So we've got to be, you've got to be smart, guys. You've got to be on top of this. And when that thought comes, that thought of anger. So we think about, we think about lust, we think about all those things. But what about jealousy? What about resentment? What about anger? What about all these things that, that sneak into our lives and, and can cause footholds for the enemy to come in? We've got to be very, very careful, and we've got to be smart. But you say, okay, how do I defeat these? And I'm going to give you just a, four quick things today that I'm going to find, and you'll turn with me into Exodus. All the way back to the, the great story of Exodus. And it's Exodus 1, and I'm just going to read a few verses out of this because we don't have time for me to go through the entire story. But here's Pharaoh talking about God's people. All right? This is fascinating. So the king comes out there. Pharaoh comes in, and he says, look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. One version says they've become too mighty. They have become mightier than us. And they, hey, so Come. We must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So it's fascinating here because what I want you to understand is in this moment, I'm going to give you some keys that will help you in your walk with God. The first one is this. If you want to break the stronghold, you first got to understand that you are a threat to the devil. Let me say it again. You, if, if the word devil scares you, you are a threat to the enemy. All right? You can call it enemy, devil, Satan. You can call it whatever you want to. It's all the same thing. And when the enemy understands the potential in you, then he's going to fight against you to keep you from getting to that place. But the first step is for you to stop beating yourself up and understand that you are a threat to the enemy. Can you turn to somebody and tell them you are a threat? You're a threat to the enemy. Come on, but y- I, y- y'all kind of halfway believe that. I want you to tell somebody with a little, a little Three Oaks passion that you are a threat. Tell them right now. If you don't believe they are, maybe you're sitting by a weaky person or something. I don't know. But then maybe just tell them that you are a threat, that I am a threat. When you define that in your life and you recognize who you are and what you are capable of, you'll understand more why the enemy Wants to defeat you. And here, here's what I. Here's the, the big point I want you to understand. Because the enemy understand. The enemy knows the danger. When you're walking in the fullness of who you are. The enemy knows the danger. The problem is. is we see we see our lives. Through our problems. We see our lives through the issues that we have. But the enemy. The enemy. Sees you through the eyes of potential. Now. Ask yourself this, is that why in the world, if the enemy looks at us through eyes of potential, why would I look at my life through the eyes of, of my issues? Can you understand how limiting that is? Yet the enemy sees the potential of what the people of God could be. Even though they're, they've been slaves for 400 years. Yet he looks at them and says, but here's the deal. They're, going to be, they're already mightier than us. Can I just tell you right now, no matter what your stronghold is, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're fighting, the reality is that right now the enemy's going, if they wake up, I'm in trouble. Right? I mean, that's a powerful thought. That's a pop- Okay, is that all you can do? <laughs> so what I want you to do is I want you to own who you are. I want you to own, and that's where it starts. If you want to, if you desperately want to break strongholds in your life, you've got to know that you are a threat to the enemy. The next thing is, is you've got to recognize the stronghold. You've got to learn to recognize what that stronghold is. And when we look at those things, I, I, I want to say it like this: is that it's a taskmaster. Over you. Let me give you a scripture. If we jump over into verses 11 and 14, and we'll give, read part of 11 and then part of 14, it says, Therefore, this is what they did when they realized that there was a thing here, that, that these people were mightier than them. He says, Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And then verse 14 says, And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Don't forget what Galatians 5, chapter 1, said. It said, it is for freedom that you have been set free. Right? It is for freedom that you have been set free. So do not, he says, stand firm and do not allow yourself to get into bondage to slavery again. Amen. This is what they're talking about. We come to that place that we, we, we get saved, we get delivered, we, get, we walk in the freedom that God has for us. And the enemy immediately sets a taskmaster out to mess you up to be an obstacle for some of you you, you man I'm on fire for God I'm walking in it and then all of a sudden you meet the hottest chick in town I mean she walked into the room and all your Jesus just left right taskmasters you thought it was a blessing but it was a curse how many how many have lived that experience before Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Man, we got to have a big altar call y'all all lying. But it works that way. It's like anytime you're doing something, have you, has anybody ever experienced that, that you finally, you understand your call, you're feeling full, and you're excited, and then it's like you wake up on Monday morning and all hell's breaking loose. Right? What do you think has happened? Because the enemy saw they're waking up. They're seeing their potential, and if I don't do something quickly, I need to make their life bitter and hard. I need to make their task difficult. I need to make this walk difficult. And and I think it's important about your history. Now, uh, how many people enjoy going to the doctor? Some of you, some of you, I think you do. But anyway, you know, there's one thing that happens when you go to the doctor every time. Is you sit down with all this paperwork, right? And you're like, every time, how many times do I have to say this? And they go through your family history. You know, say, well, is there any cancer in your family? What about heart disease? All these things. You know, they start going through all these different things in your listing. Why do they do that? Because they're looking at what you're predisposed to have in your genetics. They're looking to see what's being passed down from one generation to the next generation. If that's true physically, would it not be true also spiritually? So let's talk about that for a minute because I'm trying to help you understand what that stronghold can look like. Because if you're not willing to face it, what are you passing on to your children? What are you giving to the next generation? So what about that? What about the anger in your life? What about those things that you look at in your life and you're thinking, wow, I'm just not sure, Pastor. I I don't, you know, I don't know. Listen, I know you were hurt. I understand that you had a rough childhood. I understand that somebody walked out of your life that should have never walked out of your life. I understand that there was somebody that you trusted deeply. Maybe it was a spiritual leader. Maybe it was something else, but, but they failed you and they hurt you. And you held on to resentment and anger. And the problem with that resentment and anger is what you do is you transfer it to other people. I remember talking to this lady once, and, and she was talking. She'd been through, uh, uh, I think she was on her fifth marriage. Five marriages. Oh, don't y'all? Because <laughs> you're on your fourth. Yeah, yeah. So, so here they are. <laughs> here, she, she's talking to me. She's going, "I just don't understand." It's like every man is so messed up. <laughs> and you're, you're talking to her, and you're saying, "Well, what? Are you, you're gonna have to help me understand this because you know, typically, if you keep having the same problem, the problem's not the other person. The problem's probably you. You know, but somehow they don't like to hear that. You know, I always tell people, you know, I'm I'm not a great counselor because I'm very blunt." When I counseled, I said, if you you want mean counseling, come to me. If you want nice counseling, see Pastor Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) But so she would come up and she would ask me and all this stuff. So we started tracking it back. And it all started with the first husband who cheated on her and had multiple affairs. And she was crushed and hurt. And after all this, but what happened was, then she married the next man that God brought into her life and she was resentful to him and she wouldn't trust him because of what the first husband had done. So she, put, she pushed that man away. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the problem is when we don't deal with the strongholds, you end up pushing it on into other relationships and you poison other people. It's just like negativity. Have you ever been around a negative voice long? And all of a sudden you start looking at everything bad. It's like all of a sudden, did you see that preacher? Did you hear what he said? I didn't agree with that. Well, what did he say? You don't even know what he said. And then all of a sudden, you all leave church. Oh, I can't believe he said that. And all of a sudden, everything's bad. You know, it's, it's one of those things you've got to be careful of what is in our lives because it leads us to that place where we've got to understand. And our spiritual history is so important. And I, I, I want to say, this is probably an easy way to give you an indicator. What were things that your grandfather struggled with? What got your grandfather? What got your dad? What were the things he struggled with? Because it can be an indicator of some of the things that you can struggle with. And here's all I'm trying to do. I'm giving you keys to identify some of the places that you could have strongholds that you didn't even recognize. And if you can if you can destroy those as 2 second, second Corinthians says, you can destroy those strongholds, then you can start walking in the full life that you have. But there are things that you're going to have to let go of so that you can move forward into that. And I'm going to tell you something. I, th- another key thought, I want you to hear this because when we start talking about generational strongholds or generational curses, you know, it comes to this key thought, is this, don't be fearful, but be mindful of generational strongholds. Do not be fearful. Listen to me. You are not bound by your past. You are a child of the living God. You can only choose to pick up those chains. Just because there's a tendency in your genetics, just because there's a tendency toward that, you can understand, I do not have to carry that, I can walk in that. So the truth is, be mindful of it, not fearful of it. And those are the things we look at, we say, okay, God, how, how do I do that? And you say, Well, what do I do with that? And I've got to hurry. Is this is first of all, when you find that stronghold, repent. That's something we don't talk about a lot. Repentance. Is come to the cross, repent at the cross, just like you did when you got saved the first time. You come to God and you say, God, I have screwed up. You know how many times do people come up to you and they're sorry? Have you ever had that person? They're sorry. I am so sorry that I got caught. Can I tell you that's not repentance, is it? No, 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 that's just remorse. And remorse is a cheap substitute for repentance. Repentance is when we own it. It's like I really God, I am screwed up. And I messed up. It's, like, it's just like when you came to Jesus, when you said, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. This is what repentance is. Repentance steps into your life, and you say, God, I own my flesh. I own who I am. I need you. And God, I don't want this in me anymore. I don't want this anymore. Help me to be, uh, uh, help me to be understanding of this. Help me to be cognizant. Of these tendencies in my life so that I can be free I do not want this stronghold and then when God delivers you from that stronghold here's the next thing you've got to build a barrier see we we do a series we usually we do a series we haven't done in a couple of years but called guardrails and in our lives we need to set up barriers that keep us safe you know, one of the barriers that you'll find, uh, that I'm just going to give you an example, one of the barriers that I believe I put, I, that I put into place that, is this, is that I, am, I will never meet anybody of the opposite sex anywhere without my wife or without somebody else with me. And it's not because I'm afraid I'm going to have an affair or anything like that. or anything. No, it's because it's wisdom. I build a barrier because I'm not giving the enemy a room. I, he's not getting any room in my life, None. I'm not, they'll say, I ain't going down like no punk. I work too hard to get where I'm at. You know, so I'm going to, it's a barrier. And so we've got to build up these barriers. See, And some of those barriers, you're going to have to let go of some relationships that are dragging you down. There are some people that are dragging you into places, into conversations, into situations that you don't need to be in. And you've got to say, I refuse to do this anymore. I'm building a barrier in Jesus' name. I will not fall to that again. Because some things have got to change for me to be who I need to be. I've got to build a barrier so that I don't backslide. That's what the churchy word is. So that we don't end up repeating the same sinful behavior, because let's be honest, how many times is that usually our problem? We end up repeating the behavior that got us to where we are in the first place. So we need to learn to build a barrier there, and I love this, because here's why. In Exodus, let's jump forward in Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, where it says, Pharaoh's men pursued them. They took all their chariots, they took everything, and and they pursued them. Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside those places. Can't read that. So so listen, here's the thing. In other words, the enemy pursued them hard. And here's what I want you to understand. When you are walking the path that God has for you, I want you to learn to expect the enemy to pursue you hard. Because if you're expecting it, we come back to that 2 Corinthians thing, is that we come back to the place where it said, if we know what the enemy's doing, If we understand this, we understand that he's the God of the impossible. We understand that we can pull down those strongholds. When we are walking in that fullness, I'm telling you something. The enemy will come against us, but when our expectation is this, God, what you did for the Hebrews, what you did for the Israelites, God, you'll do for me. And I love this because you know what he did? This is fascinating. The Bible says that as they were coming, and after the Scripture, we don't have to read the Scripture, I'll just tell you the story is this, is that when they came upon them, the angel of the Lord moved from in front of the Israelites and came in behind them and set up a barrier that the enemy could not cross. And here's what's fascinating, is God was setting the enemy up to be completely destroyed. Remember what he told God told Moses? He told Moses this. He said, the enemy that you see before you today you will see no more. And they couldn't see past the barrier. They couldn't do anything as the Israelites prepared, and God did the miracle of the Red Sea. They walked across, and then he dropped the barrier and allowed the enemy to step into the sea, and then he closed it up on them and killed them all. And that's what I want you to understand, is that when you build a barrier and you let the Holy Spirit be your battle guard... When you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, it changes things. And it keeps you. It, it, it's like a, a firewall in your computers. How many understand what a firewall is? A firewall, it, it's like you need firewalls now because there's hackers trying to get into systems and all that stuff. We hear about it all the time. How many emails do we have to get that you've been pawned or, or you know, all this different stuff, all, all this crazy stuff going on? Because hackers are always trying to hit you. And that firewall stops it because here's the deal. You're going to get hit. You're going to find challenges, but you've got to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you be there, to be your defender. It's amazing to me because he doesn't have to break through because that Holy Spirit firewall is protecting you. Because here's the reality, guys. You're not strong enough to make it on your own. None of us are. None of us are that strong. Because let's be honest, life, life can take it out of you. Just day to day. How many people got kids? You got kids? Dear God, it's a miracle we're still alive, right? Man, who would have known that day when you had that child at the hospital or wherever you had your child, you know, and and you had that child and you said, it's the greatest gift. And then they turn 13 and you're going, my God. God, it's possessed. (laughs) Some of y'all hadn't got there. You'll understand later. You you go through life and, man, you you started your business and you knew you were going to go. And then everything goes belly up. And the people that you thought you were friends when you were successful didn't care for you anymore. You weren't part of their crew. Or the spouse that you committed your whole life to, decided they wanted to go a different direction. Life can be hard. But the reality is if we understand who we are and we start walking in who we are, the chances of us walking in the fullness is so real. But so many of us never do. And the problem with a lot of us you know, I know a lot of us are transplants, but we Southerners, we're some tough old cookies, aren't we? I got this. I don't need any help. Once again, we pass on. It's a stronghold. Because yes, you do need help. Without the Holy Spirit, you will not become everything that you could be. I love this. In this last passage, this last part, I wanna, I'm going to close is this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 I love this it says so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh walk by the spirit and you know and today in churches people don't want they don't want to talk about the holy spirit are you kidding me so, well, the Holy Spirit, that, that died off a long time ago. Let me tell you something. I've walked this path a long time, and if it were not for the power, the active power, not the past power, not, but the active power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I wouldn't survive. But I know this, that when I learn to walk in the Spirit, in other words, understand that He's going to lead me, and when he leads me into that place, that when the enemy starts attacking me, the angel of the Lord is going to come right behind me and cover me so I can keep doing what God's called me to do, and I can trust him to have my back. That's the reality. When I walk by the Spirit, because the reality is this, that the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So let's surrender to the Spirit of God. Let's allow God to create us into the people that we need to be. Let's confront our strongholds so that we can run with giants. Let's be the people that God has called us to be so that we can pass on the goodness of this, of what God is doing into our generation. And we can break generational curses and generational tendencies and say, you know what, no longer is alcoholism a problem in my family. No longer is pornography an issue in my family because it will not be passed on to my kids because I'm going to take care of it in Jesus' name. I'm going to walk in, man, y'all going to make me preach. I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in all what God has for me. And my kids are gonna be anointed in Jesus' name. They're gonna walk in authority in Jesus' name. Come on. I'm tired of the enemy telling you that your kids are awful, that the next generation's gonna fall under. What are we gonna do? We're gonna pay the price as the adults and we're gonna say we're gonna pay the price for this generation so that the next generation can do greater things than we ever imagined possible. Amen. Come on, if you agree with that, I would just stand on your feet and give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on. He's good. He's good. He is able. He has not forgotten you. And right now, right where you're at right now, and I think this is the call, is this, you've been facing strongholds in your life, and I don't know what they are. They could be simple, they could be deep, they could be whatever, but you've been facing strongholds, and you're like, I've had enough. I'm not letting this go on to my kids. I, I'm taking care of this, the anger, resentment, whatever it is. That's right now, if you're bold enough to get free, I want you to come up here right now and let me pray for you. You say, if I, I'm, I wanna be free. I wanna be free. I'm, it's not going to my kids. Come on, where you at? Come on. Don't be afraid. Strongholds are done. I need my pastors to join me up here. I'm going to be free in Jesus' name. I'm not carrying it any further. I'm taking authority over all this in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you this, what the enemy meant for defeat will be your greatest victory. I want to say that again. What the enemy has meant for defeat. God is going to give you the greatest victory you've ever known. And right now we're declaring over the next generation that anything that is standing in the way is now broken in Jesus' name. Strongholds are torn down in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you another question really quickly, and we're going to pray over all these people. But you're here right now, and you say, Pastor, I'm in this place, and I know, I know that I need to lift my kids up. Because you know, you, I mean, I'm just I'm being very honest. Very, this is a very open place. You say, Pastor, I'm here, and I know my kids are struggling right now, and, and I need to break something over them too. I need to stand for my kids. I, I want you to say, come on. Come on, if that's you, because we're going to break some stuff out of this house today. We're going to break it over your family. We're going to run with giants. We're going to accomplish the things that God needs for us to accomplish. And your children, the Bible promises household salvation to your children. We're going to speak it right now in Jesus' name. So all across this room, if you're out in the audience and you're up here, I just want you to stretch your hands forward and we're going to speak right now over every need, over every challenge. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the enemy right now. We take authority over every thought, over every generational tendency over every generational curse we break them now in jesus name we are not subject to sin anymore we are free it is for freedom that you have set us free and we declare it right now we take authority over it right now so god we speak over the next generation that god they will not struggle with what we've had to struggle with That Father, we will represent. We will pay the price. We will lay it down at the altar of God. We repent. We repent of these issues. We repent of these challenges. We repent of the places where we have failed and we have failed to trust you. So God, right now, we lay it down and we break it in Jesus' name to come no more. Just as Moses said, or God said to Moses, that the enemy that you see today will be seen no more in Jesus' name. We call it so right now. We declare it right now. And those of you at the altar right now, those of you who call, I just want you to start speaking that right now. I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. I take it in Jesus' name. It's done. It's done. And we know by the power of God That we are whole. We are full. And we will pour ourselves into the next generation. And it will be pure and full and whole. Because God is the God of the impossible. The God of the impossible as they keep praying for people right now if you are standing out in the audience I just want you to bow your heads out there and close your eyes very quickly I'm gonna ask some personal questions while they're still praying is this, you're here today and you say Pastor, I need Jesus I know there's sin in my life I know I'm not right with God but today I need to make a choice I need to surrender to Christ I'm not gonna embarrass you today I'm not gonna call you to the front but you're here right now and you say Pastor, that's me it's personal business there's nobody looking around you say, Pastor, remember me. I just want you to slip your hand up right where you are and say, I know I need Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody in this room. Amen. You can place your hands back down. All across this room, we're going to pray this simple prayer together. And I want you to just bring it into your heart. It's very simple. Just let's say it together as a family. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven. I am brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord some praise all across this house? Amen.